When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio Road Show on a Friday. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, just off the interstate. We invite you out. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal is back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. He looks very thrilled uh, to be doing so. He's working out his thumbs here from a text standpoint. Uh, Mitch Sherman is with us. Uh, we'll get Mitch up here on stage. And you are invited out. We're here till 6. Great food and drink specials. Uh, just to show and tell here a little bit, little hail ale. We are streaming live, ESPN Lincoln, ESPN Facebook. Uh, so check that out. Uh, it's also streaming live on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, plenty to get into with Nebraska football. We are uh, a week from now. We will be in Ireland and we'll be broadcasting live in Ireland, uh, you know, uh, technology <laughs> permitting. But that's the plan feel pretty good about that a lot to get into with coach frost and his coaches show appearance the uh the quote that blew up twitter and uh maybe you have a take on it maybe you have uh, annoyance with it i i hear both sides of it can join us today at 466-37-76-466-37-76-800-825 5865. Uh, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and uh, find at Hale Varsity on Twitter and at H Varsity Radio. Uh, La Vista, where we're at, we're, we're stuck right in between Cabela's and the Embassy Suites. So you are invited out here till six and stay a while, get some nachos, try the charcuterie board. There is a challenge for you. See what you can take down. Elijah and I failed at trying to hammer the pretzel just a couple uh, weeks ago. Uh, Maybe you can do better than us. I I, I have faith you can do better than us. But uh, one thing, don't eat till you puke. All right? That's just something you you can't do. Uh, Elijah, 15 pukes. Is that good for 285 on the ground uh, against Northwestern here a week from tomorrow? There's a lot to dissect in that question there. Uh, let's, let's, let's throw that out there first. It's not as simple as that. But uh, are, are we talking 15 in one practice? I mean, that that's, seems to be what we're talking from <laughs> The yesterday. accumulation. Like, like, like um, eight days away, 15 pukes of practice. That seems like, you know, it, it's slightly over par, but it's, it's not too bad. That's... <laughs> It's this has just been crazy today. That's that's the number one thing to, to say is like, whenever you hear fifteen to twenty pukes of practice, you go, 
Well, it can't be that high. Like, like I feel like no, some yeah. reporter at practice would have been like, man, she looks like there's a lot of offensive linemen throwing up today, and there were a lot last week as well. <laughs> so somebody would have gotten to the bottom of this first is, is what I'm saying. Right. Well, you have one of the biggest hires in, in Coach Frost's overhaul on offense was Donovan Raiola. Donovan spoke yesterday, and he had the offensive line making progress. Frost said he guesses the O-lineman vomit 15 to 20 times per practice under Raiola's watch. That's the statement that's continued to blow up. And listen, they're not out of shape. That's the word from Frost. They're just working that hard. Uh, This part of the coaches show last night with the Husker Network and uh, Greg Sharper, of course, hosting. And this is is the whole (laughs) enchilada. This is the whole quote. This is the whole comment. This is all of the audio. And this is what melted Twitter down last night. You've had Super Bowl champs weigh in on the offensive line. You've had former Husker offensive linemen, two of our dear friends, uh, Jeremiah Searles, with us last night. And Dr. Rob Zadiska, he's joined us out here at the Hale Varsity Club. They have weighed in, and, and folks are taking it literally way to go about it because it's not literal the 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 wrong thing i did yesterday when we were all talking to to turner corcoran i should have asked him how many times he's he's ralphing uh, a practice not hey how's how's the uh, the injury hey how's the guard spot how's the uh, the leadership there's a thousand other things oh yeah the quarterback was named starter last night let's talk hit list let's talk priorities in the the world's talking about 15 to 20 pukes of practice, and oh, no. And, and some folks can't take a joke, but some folks don't get hyperbole, and some folks just want to crucify because it is Scott Frost. Here is Coach Frost on the Coach's Show last night. He's coaching them hard. <laughs> I, I laugh with the guys because there's about probably 15 to 20 vomits every day from offensive linemen and it isn't because they're not it's not because they're not in shape uh he's just working them hard i think they love it um he's kind of freed them up to go be aggressive i love the way they're coming off the ball um we got a lot of guys up front that i think can play and and can be interchangeable and uh, donnie's done a good job making all those guys better so they are getting better riola's made them better they're working hard they're physical. They're getting some nasty. And Elijah, you have carried this flag from the get-go. You want nasty offensive linemen, you being a former offensive lineman. Nothing says nasty to me like 15 to 20 pukes of practice. Yeah, I got times, by, times that by five. We've got a scene straight out of Stand By Me. Uh, speaking of nasty, it's a great story that goes back to uh, my high school days. I think it was my freshman oh, year. Oh, no. This is Gerald Foster. <laughs> DJ Foster, okay. Gerald Foster. It was his senior year, and uh, everyone's lined up in uh, line of scrimmage. I think it was the first game of the year. I can't remember who the opponent was, but they're all lined up. And uh, the way the story was conveyed to me from the upperclassmen was that in his stance, Gerald Foster just puked all over this guy's hand right in front of him. Like The, the defensive <laughs> lineman was down in his stance. They're both down in his stance. Gerald feels it coming, just pukes all over him, doesn't miss a beat, snap goes, he pancakes this dude because this dude still just – Of course he, he does. He just got puked on. He's not ready to go, go handle a future Nebraska football player and gets absolutely pancaked. But that's not the kind of nasty I want from my offensive line, though it may work once. Uh, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Um, 
that that's my take on that. You don't want to be puking on dudes consistently during games. Not a recipe for success. Uh, but this is kind of what, what we're going for. And I don't think anyone, in, at least in Nebraska, when they hear Coach Frost say that, actually thinks that there's 15 to 20 pukes per practice from the offensive line. It's, it's that hyperbole that we're talking about. It's that, that Coach Frost dry sense of humor. And it's been taken a little bit out of context in that sense. Not that, I mean, if some national media person were to listen to that comment right there, they'd probably take it at face value because they haven't heard as many Coach Frost comments as we have uh, where he incorporates that dry sense of humor. And maybe if he was in a room full of reporters that all chuckled afterwards, this wouldn't have been taken the, the exact same way way but uh at the end of the day it's a bit of a silly comment silly is the, the best way to put it just because whenever you've been put through the ringer by the national media already time and time again over the past couple of years maybe you think twice about what you say maybe phrase it in a slightly different way so people understand that you are being hyperbolic but i, I don't think he's uh exaggerating the fact that there have been linemen puking during practice that's a part of football that's a part of fall camp it happens uh, it, it's all about managing guys after they puke, make sure they're not just jumping right back in, make sure they sit on the side for a second, get some water. And then that, that's what's important here in player safety. And that's been the main issue people have. That, well, it can't be safe if you're puking 15 to 20 times. Players puke during practice, especially offensive linemen, not because they're out of shape. It, it takes a, a, a specific type of workload to be an offensive lineman. And puking happens. I've puked. Most offensive linemen I know have puked at some point, whether it be during a conditioning or during a practice. And, uh, it's it's not the end of the world, and it kind of is showing just these offense linemen talked about how hard they've been working during practice. That is necessary to develop that nasty moving forward, knowing you can play while you're tired. Uh, you can continue being that, that high-effort, 100% guy every single snap, and you can continue practicing eventually after a puke. You can get back to a game after a puke, and that's where I take this these comments from Coach Frost. I am not annoyed by the comment. I'm annoyed by the freakout. That, oh, no, what's he doing to his game? Listen, he's taking care of his guys. Trev Alberts is taking care of the guys. And you've just got a new sheriff in town from a demand standpoint in, in Donnie Rayol. And listen, uh, you have guys that are getting better. How Nebraska goes this year, Elijah, it it is on the back of those guys that are puking 15 to 20 times. It is going to be all about the offensive line. We'll talk with Mitch Sherman here in about 10 minutes. But a good story uh, by Mitch, and he did his mailbag with the Athletic for Nebraska football. And, you know, it's it's a fair question. Not just can they keep their cookies down, but is the O-line a liability? Right now, they're a question mark, and that's that's the the fairest way to put it because of some of their, their youth, and some of their lack of, of, of delivering, right? I mean, the O-line was an issue last year with hurries and hits and sacks. The O-line's been an issue on third and short. They're sick of hearing about it. No pun intended there. <laughs> they, I mean, okay. <laughs> they, they probably are going to puke 20 to 30 times a game if – if, if they're not able to deliver on third and two in the red zone. If, if they run okay. what people on Twitter were saying about them last season. They, they have, <laughs> yeah, they, they have moved on from that. But let's talk Casey Thompson wait, wait, wait. for a moment. Can, can I just really fast throw one more point in there? Sure. Two things to say here. No one, or I should say no one, fewer people, it wouldn't be the crazy national media firestorm that it is right now if Nebraska had gone eight and four last season. It's, a, it's about winning, yes. This is because you've gone 3-9, and nine and now you see 
Well, well, they're making their offensive linemen puke 15 to 20 times during practice. This guy must be a terrible head coach. That's stupid. Like, if you'd gone 8-4 and four last season, people would brush this one off. And if you go 8-4, and 9-3 and three this season, by the end of the year, no one's going to remember these comments. It, it's going to be unimportant. It's all about the wins and the losses, and this is just more people piling on a coach because mm-hmm. he's down, and it's easy to pile on him right now because everyone around the country is doing it. Winning will solve anything, including people taking these comments and, and blowing them up for, for seemingly no reason. Well, you have the, uh, the range of 15 to 20 pukes. You have a record of 15 and 29, okay? Mm. And, and that, that is, that's the number, not, not the number of pukes or alleged pukes. God, we've, we've, we've uh, take a shot, right? If you had bingo card uh, with Hale Varsity Radio on a Friday and puke, you are, you are gonna, uh, okay? Uh, more on Nebraska, and let's talk about the, uh, the captains here. We'll dive into that a little bit more uh, later on in the show. Jacob Padilla in one hour. Coach Huffman from Bellevue West, a monster matchup by the good folks at Creighton Prep and Bellevue West tonight, week zero high school prep action. So Coach Huffman joins us at 525. Uh, before we get to, to Coach frost and on the captains pete joins us here on hail varsity pete the floor is yours go ahead how you doing today we're good we're on the road here at the hail varsity club i guess my comment anybody who played sports that really tried hard on it uh every day in practice preseason in in high school football we had kids puke i puked many times myself and it's not just football players it's volleyball players and every other sport people that want to blow this up and make a big deal out of it obviously have never played sports or never tried very hard in sports well and, and Pete, i'll add that even in sports there are guys who are pukers and guys who aren't pukers like there's professional athletes oh, i've never puked in a practice i've never seen anyone puke in a practice well on the other hand you got other professional athletes saying i've puked in a practice before it's common i think there's just guys who just tend to puke whenever they exert themselves and it's nothing more dangerous than that just make sure you're rehydrating these guys and getting them back on the field eventually at a safe time at a safe time i should say it's people are just going way too crazy on this they are the other thing it depends upon how much liquid you drink before Mm -hmm. you go out to practice you know some people can't hold that liquid and and it comes back and some people can and how much you sweat there's so many factors into it yep but i wanted to bring up how many times those fans have puked after after football games (laughs) the last four years (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, a lot. There's been uh, there's been a lot of liquid uh, involved in that, and uh, it's not been uh, celebratory puking. It's been uh, it's been a puke and rally situation. Pete, thanks for the phone call. <laughs> you know, you drown your sorrows. There's been coaches because they're so nervous before the big game, before a national title game. You'll you'll go to the the locker room bathroom and, and let it fly. But, yeah, uh, refrain from eating this first segment's uh, my best advice. But, well, there's, no, there was it, literally it's, an, it's, it's, well, it's way overblown, and it's annoying. There was literally an Oakland Athletics player who puked in center field last week. They caught it on television. No one's saying, well, man, that's unsafe. Why is he puking during a baseball game? Is he exerting himself too hard? What's the coach and staff doing? Like, no one's doing that. Everyone kind of laughed about it. Went, wow, that guy just puked on the field and got right back into it. Like, it, it, it's just because people are piling on Nebraska because they're down. Give me a reason, right? Dot dot dot, and and that's yep. that's what it is right now. And Nebraska has a chance to uh, to to clean up or continue the uh, the illness uh, a week from tomorrow 
as uh, Ireland comes calling. Nebraska will have their media session Sunday. We'll be on hand for that. And uh, we uh, jump on a plane and head out on Wednesday. A week from today, we will be in Ireland for you uh, on site getting ready. The uh, Mary Cobbler, where we're going to post up pre- and post-game Saturday, not far from the stadium, Nebraska Northwestern. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. Chris Schmidt, great to be with you on a Friday. And uh, we uh, are here at the Hale Varsity Club. You're invited down. We're here till 6 and plenty thing, plenty of things going on. Great menu. Phenomenal choices. The charcuterie board is to die for. And uh, get the pretzel, try a beer, one of several beers to choose from. And uh, we are uh, locked in here for another Roadshow Friday at the Hale Varsity Club. Mitch Sherman, when we come back, Hale Varsity, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. The name of our new promotion says it all. Powerball First Millionaire of the Year. Through September 12th, buy a Powerball with PowerPlay ticket at any Nebraska Lottery retailer and enter the voucher number to win a trip to New York City for New Year's Eve on December 31st, 2022. Plus, you'll also get a chance to win $1 million and become the Powerball First Millionaire of 2023. Remember, this promotion ends on September 12th, so plan ahead and play today. Powerball top prize odds won in $292 million. The countdown to Nebraska football is on, and there's only one place in town where you should press your luck. Hail Varsity. Hey, Storm Chasers fans. Your favorite baseball team is back at home August 23rd through the 28th when they take on the Rail Riders. It's a jam-packed series that includes a dollar beer night, Friday fireworks, a fun-filled Saturday with music by Lucas Minor, and craft specials on Nebraska Brewing Company. And how about Imaginary Friend Day on Sunday? Stevie, you hear that? No. Stevie, stop. This is my mic. Sorry, folks. Stevie gets excited sometimes. Hey, hold on to that excitement and channel it on August 28th at 2.05. Sound good? All right. Fans, get your tickets now before it's too late. We'll see you soon. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club. We have lost streaming contact momentarily. We will allegedly fix that. Yeah, it's Chris currently Schmidt. just a big old picture of my face up on the stream. So well, that is that. wonderful. At least you haven't touched the mustache. <laughs> um, uh, Mitch Sherman's on site with us, and Mitch is wearing a crisp polo just to paint the picture since we don't have a picture from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, good to see you. Thanks for coming by. Thanks yep. for checking out the, the Hale Varsity Club again. It's a bright red polo, as it needs to be when you walk in here. Yes, it does. It does. And Listen, uh, we have spent 15 minutes talking about uh, Puke Gate, uh, not the starting quarterback, not captains, not a week from Ireland, not a season that is, dare I say, on the brink of, you know, um, anticipation, but also some some consternation. And one one comment was was grabbed and uh, has been expanded on. <laughs> By Betty, uh, when it comes to uh, the offensive line, and you did your mailbag, and, and the O line's uh, the focus of a lot of questions from the fans. It is, yeah. That was the number one topic that I received questions about this week, and 
That's been kind of a constant, I think, through preseason camp, and we haven't heard a ton outside, out of Lincoln, uh, out of Memorial Stadium, about the offensive line because they've been guarded with access to Donovan Riola, and, and yesterday was the day that he finally did the interview with the, the media, probably his only time in front of the cameras and with the, the big group of media all season. I know he'll probably do something on the radio, but mm-hmm. um, the only crack, we're going to get at him, and it lasted about five minutes. Then he got upstaged entirely by his head coach, who later in the day talked about the inability of his players to keep their breakfast down at practice. <laughs> I, Chris, I, you know, Mitch, what's your, what's your what's your take on this, man? It's like it, it's just a, a um, you can't win if you're frost. In some instances, in other instances, uh, be be a little bit smarter with your commentary. But he was just talking with 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 Sharpie on on you know the amount of work he's trying to paint a, a, a football rough and tumble picture. Yeah. I I understand that. Mm. Also, he's 47. Yeah. And he's been coaching for a long time, and he has to have an understanding of how that's going to be viewed. Not so much locally, because I think we we see camp. Mm. We hear from offensive linemen. We hear from Mark Whipple. We heard from Donovan Rayola. I don't have any belief that these players are being mistreated right. in practice. I feel like it's been a good camp. I really do. We heard from Turner Corcoran yesterday, who has been a leader on the offensive line. We've heard from Brock Bando, from Trent Hickson. And I, I think these guys have made strides, and they needed to. This was a group that lost Cam Jurgens prematurely. It was a group that lost Nuri Nuili in the offseason unexpectedly and has to be a key cog for Nebraska's offense to do the things that it wants to do in the Big Ten. It's a huge month of August for the Mm -hmm. offensive line. And those are the things that we focused on here locally about the Nebraska offensive line is what they're doing in developing a run game, how they're going to protect Casey Thompson. I thought it was really interesting last week to hear from Teddy Prohaska and his take on Casey Thompson's ability to stay in the pocket. This was not a knock at Adrian Martinez. Just a different style of quarterback. Right, and Adrian Mm -hmm. took off from the pocket quite a bit, and he saved himself some sacks by doing that. But I think he also disrupted some things that they wanted to do in the offense. And Casey, perhaps, with this system, is going to be a better player for Nebraska at staying within what he's asked to do. And it's not gonna, he's not going to be asked to do, preferably, as much as Martinez was the past four years. Sit in the pocket. Find your open receivers. They will get open. That's the idea maybe more so than receivers have got, got open for Adrian over the previous mm-hmm. four seasons, and deliver the football. Um, these are the things we should be talking about with the offensive line, not what happened last night. And we can't control it. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, you we know, react I, to it. Right. It's, it's, uh, it caught fire today on social media. And, you know, the college football public, um, national media, wants to get into this conversation about why the Nebraska players are throwing up in practice if this is real. You know, I tend to think it's exaggerated. Um, I tend to think we'll get a little bit of a walk back from Scott Frost on Sunday when Nebraska comes out for its final media appearance before leaving for Ireland. Uh, Frost is going to address everybody at 245 on Sunday 
at Memorial Stadium in his normal game week press conference, which is usually on Mondays, and then we'll have six to eight players, probably an offensive lineman among that group. I would think uh, they are going paper, rock, scissors for who doesn't have. You know to what? Be if there, there wasn't going to be an offense, <laughs> if there wasn't going to be an offensive lineman before uh, when they were making the plans on who was going to talk, there should be now, so they can just put this thing to rest. Yeah, yeah. That's, really, uh, and, and that's what it should. That's that's what it should be. It's not. This is not the defining moment of the Nebraska preseason that the offensive linemen were were vomiting in practice every day. But we know how this works, and if things go poorly for the Huskers in Dublin, that's what people are going to want to talk about. That's what's going to be, that's going to be a narrative mm-hmm. uh, on 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 TV on 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 you know various platforms as well. You know they weren't ready, and Scott Frost hinted at that a week before the game when he talked about the players and and how they were reacting at practice. Now I don't think that's I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's it's realistic. Um, but when you're 15 and 29, that's the way that things get painted. Mitch, one thing you mentioned there leading off was was the fact that Scott Frost is 47 years old, and that almost seems like a a surprisingly high number with how he came into Nebraska being this young gun coach that came from Oregon, made it work at UCF, and now he's here at Nebraska. He's the up-and-comer in the industry, and now it doesn't necessarily feel that way, and and 47 feels older than maybe I would expect. And be careful there. <laughs> but like, but on one hand, I do see that the national media overblowing this just slightly. But also, when you're a 47 year old head coach that's been a head coach for uh, eight seasons now, it's a guy who should know better. And I'm trying to, to balance those two things: of this is a guy who's been there and done that and should know better. But also, the national media is overblowing this. That's what the national media does. Mm. Um, it's not just the national media. That's sometimes what the local media does. You know, you latch on to one comment. And those are things you have to understand as a head coach or as a position coach. And I think everybody, or as a player, I think people have done a good job in Lincoln of avoiding those kind of moments this season, and that's not what happened last night. Mitch Sherman's with us. We are here uh, at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista on site. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Mitch Sherman, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. And uh, Mitch, uh, your story up today on The Athletic, the, the mailbag, the offensive line, a big question we touched on here, the term liability, and, and they were last year. They've been a liability in pass protection. They've been a liability in short yardage. There's, let me ask you this, what, what do you anticipate a, a fair number or what can we expect quarterback run-wise? Because I know Whipple didn't necessarily shy away from that, but when I think of Casey Thompson, I think of a dude who hangs in the pocket to let the routes develop and, and can also be once he gets in rhythm and he's got a, a fixed thumb too so that'll be really good to see uh he's a guy that can can maybe shred some defenses given time or at least get some passes out get some some completions uh, to happen with with some quick quick three-step releases i mean i think there's a lot of things with the whipple thompson combination that can be good for the offense yeah i think the quarterback run usage in this offense is going to be dependent on whether Nebraska is serious about incorporating a second or third quarterback into things. Sure. And it's possible. Um, you know, Whipple has shown a tendency to be creative with his packaging in the past. I wouldn't put it past him. Look, they're going to let it all hang out. This is not a year to hold back uh, <laughs> at Nebraska. Um, and I think that can start next Saturday. Um, more realistically, it starts when the Huskers get home against North Dakota and Georgia Southern. But if you need it and you've got to go to some different looks and you think that the quarterback run game is there, and it has been at times against Northwestern mm-hmm. in the past, 
then go ahead. Let's see Chubba. Let's see Logan Smothers. And perhaps you you think as a def- Northwestern would 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 be I think out of sorts if that happens. If Casey Thompson comes out of the game and here comes number eight, or here comes Logan's here comes <clears throat> here comes Chubba Purdy, who they who they've not seen at all. At least they've they've probably watched some tape against Nebraska against Iowa last year mm-hmm. and seen a little bit of Logan Smothers. Sure. Chubba Purdy is going to be a complete um, unknown to Northwestern and. If he can give something to Nebraska in the run game without giving up a lot in the pass game, because that's the thing about those other two. This is not a situation with the backup quarterbacks where you bring them in and they're, you know, what what was it that, that Minnesota had last year? They brought in the kid in the red zone. Was it dual yeah. Yes, Anikstad, and then even with with Michigan, they went to a to a bullpen call uh, from time to time with McNamara. You basically Out. knew it was going to be a QB run or like a goal a, yeah or, like a, or like almost like a wildcat option. almost yeah. like a wildcat type of thing that's not the case with Chuba and with Logan those guys can throw the ball those guys can run the Nebraska offense so you bring them in and yeah maybe they're more of a threat as a runner even if they're not that much better runners than Thompson and I think they both are um, marginally better runners than Thompson Logan is is the fastest quarterback mm-hmm. on the roster one of the faster players on the roster so he gives you some things offense he could run you can run the option with with Logan mm-hmm. um they are they are legitimate passing threats too. So if you can confuse uh, Northwestern with a different look at the quarterback spot, then I'm I'm all I'm you know I'm all about that mm-hmm. as a as a you know somebody who if I'm looking for Nebraska to do good things offensively, just throw the kitchen sink at Northwestern. I don't care if it's the season opener; it's a must-win game. Um, and if that's the case, and they're committed to doing something like that, then you might see upwards of 10 to 15 QB runs in a in a game like this. Otherwise, I think it's down in like the five to six number. You got to be selective with it, but I think you can. Well, remember, this was during the Riley era, but Clayton Thorson didn't run a lot, but when he did, it burned Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pick your spots with it. Mitch Sherman, can we keep you for five more minutes? Is yeah, that okay? Yeah. Mitch Sherman's with us here on site. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club, a road show Friday. Going to be back up here next Tuesday as well. We'll board for Ireland on Wednesday, but Tuesday you have Day by Day premiering here at the Hale Varsity Club, uh, the Nebraska football documentary. If you haven't had a chance to see that, your chance uh, to uh, to do so can log on HaleVarsityClub.com and find out more information. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbelback in our ESPN studios can find us on Facebook and ESPN Lincoln. I think the connection's been fixed so if you want to watch go for it twitter feed streaming mitch is waving and uh, we'll continue on more thoughts as northwestern awaits hail varsity continues from the hail varsity club presented by the nebraska lottery pardon the interruption but i'd like to save you some money I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mitch Sherman, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. We're here in La Vista. It's a road show Friday, a week from today. Mitch and I will be in Ireland. Elijah will be sweating one out in the uh, I'll still be here. <laughs> studio. Yeah, you'll still you'll still be here. Maybe uh, you'll feel like you need to hurl. That's been the topic of the day. Is uh, is is. Uh, how sick you get before, during, and after practice. We talk. That's what's going to happen if Nebraska plays poorly on next Saturday. Makes them and you sick. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna. You're gonna hear the 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 comments about wanting to vomit watching them play. Oh, the, the, twi- the Twitter memes will be unreal. <laughs> I want to ask you this in, in a serious note. As long as you've color, covered Nebraska football and national football. Do you chalk this up to a distraction, or can it be? Can can the uh, the no. fire be put out on Sunday? You know what a distraction was? It was last year on August 18th. Yeah. Yesterday was the anniversary of Nebraska learning or announcing to the public that it yes was under NCA investigation. Gotcha. And we had that. I didn't know it was an anniversary. I didn't it was an anniversary. A, I didn't bring a cake. They didn't. They didn't commemorate it at Memorial Stadium. But it was that super awkward press gathering. We were already scheduled to be there for practice, and then and Trev pulls him by the ear. Up nobody front really knew what was yeah. going to happen because Frost wasn't scheduled that day. I don't believe, and, mm-hmm. and you know it was like Travis Fisher talked that day. I believe. Yeah. About the secondary, and it's like, oh, Cam Taylor Britt. Yeah, he's locking things down on the on his side on the on the um, on the boundary. And, uh, oh, wait, look, there's Trev Alberts and Scott Frost coming out of the door. And, oh, it doesn't look like Scott wants to be here. That was a distraction. Sure. This is like, no. Um, this, is a, this is a flea. Yeah. Look, Nebraska's off today, uh, at least from, from practice. I'm sure there's some guys in the, in the building, you know, probably. These guys have got some, uh, um, you know, have got some things to work through because classes start mm-hmm. on Monday. You know, that's a distraction. Sure. They leave on Monday and not not till Monday night, so you can go to your maybe go to your first set of classes. But these are they're college students and they've got to get through that and they're gonna miss the whole first week of the fall semester. So that's more of a distraction, I think, than anything having to do with um, vomiting and trash cans. Can I add something right. though, Mitch, here with, with, with the classes at UNL? One thing to note here is that the, the capability of being able to attend class anywhere has really changed since COVID. Where Online? On all, all, every single classroom at UNL has the capability of having oh. a, a live Zoom uh, going down because that's what awesome. happened during COVID. So uh, even if a yeah, guy say their, their class is at 3 a.m. Ireland time, uh, a teacher is still going to be able to record that and, and send it their way so they don't technically well, miss class even though they're there. That, that's just something to note. That's a, a positive development from, from my time in college during COVID where yeah, that's I a great. That's a great anymore. point. <laughs> it won't be, it won't be a three a.m. Ireland class because that would be, well, that would be like, oh well, yeah, that's, that's bad math. The night before in Lincoln, but you could have some night. You know, they could have to uh, get on a Zoom in the evening. The nine a.m. class over there, I think, would be uh, a three p.m. class over there. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's a six-hour difference. Yeah, whichever, yeah, yeah. however you want to look at it. Yeah. So if some, and, and these guys don't have a lot of morning classes. Uh, I didn't think we we're going to go in this direction. But, <laughs> but, but, but no. Thank you, Elijah. It's good. These guys don't have a lot of morning classes because that's when they have their meetings and practice, practice. during the yeah. season. So a lot of these guys are in like midday classes in Lincoln, which is going to be like six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening in Ireland. That might actually work out well for them to get on their Zooms, you know, in the evenings and get some classwork done, you know, get their syllabuses and 
and uh, virtually see their their uh, professors. I'm going to ask about that Sunday. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio here at the Hale Varsity Club. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, were uh, attempting to stream uh, on uh, Facebook and, and ESPN Lincoln's Twitter feed. So, captains, I want to get your take here. Who are your candidates to be voted captain? Do you think they get the team vote again, or do you think it's an assigned thing? By uh, by the head coach and some of the position guys. I mean, well, that's that's still going to be key. The the bigger picture of leadership this year because you lost some really good ones last year. Usually, what it is, and I think what the way that Frost likes it is, it's a team vote, and then he kind of has veto power. Right. So it's a combination. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Nelson's a captain. Yeah. Um, you can take that one to the bank. I think Casey Thompson has a chance to be a captain. Uh, you want to send that message. I think the offensive guys understand the importance of of his leadership. And he's, by all accounts, been that kind of a guy since he first arrived in January. He talked about taking it a little bit slow at the beginning mm-hmm. and, and then getting to know his teammates. And, and even before spring practice was, was taking the kind of role that you look for from a starting quarterback slash camp captain. So there's two. I think Travis Vokalek on the offensive side. Because you start to look at people on the offensive side and you go, okay, well, who else besides the quarterback is most in line? And, you know, there's offensive linemen. You know, a Bando or a Hickson is a possibility. Um, Corcoran, I think, has been kind of the captain of the offensive line mm-hmm. through this through this preseason. Um, but he's really in his first camp, his first real camp. Yeah. Um, so in his third year in the program, he was they didn't have a preseason in 2020. And then last year he was hurt. So it's been – I think he's been focusing on that. Um, that newness to uh, to his role, so I don't I don't know that he's going to be the guy, but I'd go with I'd go with um, Vokalek and and Casey on the offensive side, Garrett Nelson defensively, um, and they may look to somebody like Quentin Newsom. Um, you could see Ty Robinson uh, in that what role. About Reimer, you could see Reimer or Henrich. Um, you know, Reimer's uh, he's definitely like a leader in, on those inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles Farmer, I think, is a possibility. Uh, it was interesting to hear Frost say last night that they're not going to give black shirts to any of the players who yet to play in a, in a game at Nebraska. So while O'Shawn Mathis is deserving and Tommy Hill is deserving, uh, they're going to have to wait until they get back from Ireland to get those those practice jerseys that are you know so important to the defense. In some ways, more important than than being a captain. Sure. No. Can you earn so, that black shirt? I'm going to go with Nelson and and then um, let's just say Newsom. Here's my my take. Um, I'm going to go. I totally agree with you on Garrett. I think Vokalek, for sure. I think you need I need you need somebody from one of the lines of scrimmage, mm-hmm. uh, typically. Okay. And you Robinson. need yeah 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 you have Ty and and then I think you could have I don't know Hickson's a guy that's just been a grinder. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if if he's maybe he's not as vocal as as Turner. That's a good question. I don't know. They respect him. They respect that all that he's been through as a starter who lost his job and then came back and switched positions and stuck it out for a sixth year, former walk-on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stories there with Trent Hickson that if he has a successful year and he's a cog in this offensive line that he holds his own weight. You know, it's not a big drop-off mm-hmm. from what they had with Jurgens a year ago. I, I think he's a... He's a really interesting piece, and he, you know, he could be inspirational for a lot of the guys. Mitch, quickly, to two of the uh, the inside linebackers are, are guys that have a lot of Big Ten experience, played really well last season. What is their, their leadership like within the team? And we only have about 30 seconds left this segment, but with, uh, with Reimer and Henrich, what, what, what do you think about them? 
they say that they've been hands down the leaders in that group. And yeah. I think it's more than just the inside linebackers. I think they're leaders for the whole defense. Um, you know, they both do it a little bit differently. Um, neither Luke nor Nick is like the most in-your-face, uh, super vocal guy, but um, they are outstanding leaders for Barrett Root's room. Mitch Sherman, The Athletic. Find him, follow him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, winding down this first hour. Coach Huffman, Bellevue West, and uh, Creighton Prep get it kicked off tonight in the prep world. Hale Varsity back with you to round out hour one. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery here at the Hale Varsity Club. And uh, excited that Jacob Bedilla is coming by. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman for coming by to hang out here for this first hour. Uh, can find us and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence and at H Varsity Radio. Uh, so. We uh, are not piped in over the speakers today, but there's always next time, Elijah, and uh, we'll see if that's something we can lock in for Tuesday because, well, you know, the uh, day-by-day is going to be airing here at the Hale Varsity Club on Tuesday, which is really cool. That's going to be awesome. I may uh, kidnap Babbers and bring him up for that. That would be good. I mean, am I going to be locked in the studio? I assume so. It's, uh, I, I would like you to ride with, too. you got to talk to Connor. We'll figure it out. We'll get things uh, figured out. I, I know w- I've been filling in for, uh, for Will Wilson on the, the local morning show here all week, so he, he owes me one, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ryan John, a uh, good listener, uh, has relocated from South Dakota to, uh, to, to the metro here been listening for a while on the stream he's in person here he's up at the bar that's really cool his uh, twitter handle and a lot of you remember this and will nod your head in solidarity remember denny's that's his twitter handle really cool explain um, that one explain that one to me well there used to be a, a denny's near memorial stadium oh that didn't close till 3 a.m dolman is doing rugby today but when we talk to dolman next week we'll be in dublin we'll all be in dublin and that's that's a running joke. Elijah said, Schmidt, every time you say you're going to Dublin, someone's, we're going to make them take a shot of Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks leading up, uh, we're trying to get those numbers up to Nebraska's offensive linemen, 15 to 20 pukes a day. Just off of Jameson shots? I mean, that's probably 45 well, to every time I say every time I say I'm going to Dublin, you got to take a shot. So if we're trying to get and a 15 then, to 20, it's, it's more about stacking those those mentions back to back to back to get multiple shots back to back to back. That's how you get somebody there. If you're if you're getting one every 10 minutes, you can be all right. But if you cram five or six into a 10-minute period, that's how you're going to draw those pukes. That's not good. We all remember being <laughs> 21, you know. But tomorrow, weekend edition uh, in Lincoln, uh, we'll be on 7 to 9. Jacob Padilla coming up in 10 minutes. He is going to be on site for Bellevue West and Creighton Prep tonight, week zero. Two insanely talented teams, Coach Huffman. (laughs) Vic is in. He's starting now. Vic is going to meet us in Dublin. Vic from Denver, devoted listener. And uh, he is is taking his, his... 
He's taking his Jameson prescription as we speak. Before I leave, I am going to have me a Jameson lemonade. Mm. That sounds quite, quite tasty. More on Nebraska camp, and we'll get Jacob's thoughts on a myriad of things, plenty of prep action. He had a great story, HaleVarsity.com, previewing the prep season. But we'll get his take on how fall camp is gone. We'll be on site for you Sunday with Nebraska's media session uh, before Nebraska and Ireland get it rocking. And, uh, yeah, so it's been a great hour. Big thanks again to Mitch Sherman, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And you can find us as we stream uh, Facebook Live, ESPN Lincoln, and uh, on Twitter, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. Always love catching up with Nick Handley and Austin, too, in the crossover on our 590 hit at, at uh, 345. So, <laughs> hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment. It's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com. This segment is presented by Union Bank and Trust. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery here at the Hale Varsity Club. It is kickoff for another high school season, week zero, prep and Bell West. Jacob Vadilla going to be all over that. It's a week and a day away from Nebraska Northwestern in Ireland. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Jacob Vadilla with us at Jacob Vadilla underscores where you find him on twitter jacob what's the good word how you doing uh just excited for high school football to be back he said getting ready to head out to burke stadium here to to take in that week zero game and uh see what bell west and prep uh bringing to the table this year we will get to some prep action we'll get to some nebraska basketball news this week your takeaway on the national media reaction with coach frost and his coaches show last night when it comes to people tossing their cookies I, I i just don't understand like why does why must he set himself to get dunked on so much? 
<laughs> just kind of that that whole the I don't I don't know why he thinks puking would be a good thing. Like it's I mean there's some fans that oh yeah they're they're working hard all that stuff. Um, it's a toughness thing. Yeah, he's consistently <laughs> talked about like how much harder they're working or whatever. I don't know why he can go back to the 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 metrics that he mentioned previously instead of inventing pukes per practice. But um, <laughs> yeah, it just I mean it's completely. Like I, it, that, that was taken exactly as you would imagine it might be taken because that's not that's not a good thing. Like if you have players that are working so hard that they're throwing up, that there's something wrong there. So no, it's obviously hyperbole. Like they really don't have 20 players throwing up per practice. But if you've got one player, you're, two players, like you're probably like that's not a good thing. That means you're doing something wrong. Either they're doing something wrong or you're doing something wrong. So hopefully, like next time find a, a better example to use. Um, but it, it has been entertaining kind of <laughs> reading some of the reactions. Has that reaction, in your opinion, been overblown to this comment? I think there's just a lot of people out there that don't necessarily understand that that Scott Frost dry sense of humor and, and adding the hyperbole here. Where I, I think around Nebraska, people look at that and go, yeah, there's probably dudes uh, puking at practice it's probably not 15 to 20 but he's just trying to make a point here and even though it might be a stupid one but then you get national media out there that looks at this and, and takes that face value and kind of overblows it is that how you're seeing this situation as well yeah i mean th- there's a range or some people that are just getting their jokes off because he served uh, put it point. up there on a tee for and people are taking their swings um there's some people that are just reacting to it at face value which again like you, you just it, it's such an, uh, such an absurd statement that like it's i i don't know why you would take it at face value but then again he said it so like that's just something that you have to deal with again it's not uh this is pretty much ex- when i first saw that comment it's like oh great uh <laughs> I, I didn't know that it would blow up to this degree where like i I've people that i follow for like completely under like nba basketball twitter accounts are like grabbing onto it and putting out thoughts about it and just like it's been all over my TL since last night just completely unrelated people have grabbed onto it so um but yeah it's just i mean just another example of that just i trying to i guess fire up the fan base or get a point across and just uh probably could have found a better way to do that if i'm a northwestern offensive lineman i am frightened well, I saw this uh, this tweet out there that said, uh, "What's the the syrup that makes people throw up? Like whenever uh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, Ipecac, yeah, Ipecac, is that uh, that's been the whole plan here from the coaching staff? They're just putting Ipecac in the offense lineman's Gatorade to make the other teams think they're out of shape. Chess <laughs> <laughs> uh, and checkers, my friends. Chess <laughs> and checkers. Jacob Badilla is with us from Hale Varsity. Jacob, let's. Let's focus on on Turner Corcoran. It was good to hear him yesterday. Now, regrettably, we didn't ask him how how many times he got sick yesterday after practice. We didn't think we needed to. But overall, you had a good story about Turner made it a point. And I think you asked him just what a full camp has done for him. And, I mean, he's a top 150 guy. Nebraska has three of those dudes on the offensive line, right? And, and and Turner looked the part, uh, getting a, a nod at right tackle in the COVID-shortened season. But you know what? We're just probably seeing Turner scratch the surface uh, due to some circumstances, injury and COVID. 
for what he can be to live up to that billing. And and how do you think this camp's going to benefit him as he's leaned on presumably at left guard this season? Yeah, and again, missed all of the spring dealing with his injury. And he, yeah. he didn't, wasn't 100% participant in this fall, but the time he missed was uh, minimal. Uh, he was just a small thing. Like, it wasn't anything they're worried about that kept him out long term. So he was able to put in a lot of work uh, during fall camp. And that's what they need, especially when they're trying him out at a new spot, sliding him inside to guard. Um, that's He kind of downplayed a little bit, like, uh, the, the change from one to the other. He kind of just like um, mentioned, like he's just now he's really going to be in a two point stance. He's um, down in three point stance all the time, I guess. Um, I know Royola mentioned that it's it, the defenders get on you a little bit faster on the inside versus a tackle where um, there's a little bit more space. But um, yeah, they're going to need, they need him to be good. That's. He, that's kind of the story of this offensive line. It's like you look at it, I've, they're not going to have Nerd and Noelle this year, who you figured was going to be part of that picture somewhere along that line. But Bryce Benhart and um, and Turner Corcoran and Teddy Brohaska, those are all guys that play best. Obviously, Teddy, very minimal exp- experience. He, he started one game and then was gone by halftime in the second start. Um, but you're relying on these guys that were key parts of the line last year that struggled so much to make a leap this year and to be good. And perhaps a position change with, uh, with Corcoran can kind of unlock that a little bit for him, slide him in there at left guard next to a guy like uh, Prohaska. And then you've got that left side. there as uh, two highly touted guys coming out of high school. You know, that the, the raw talent is there. Can the change, the coaching change a position change um, another year just of getting better, of practicing, can that allow him to be the guy that they thought they were going to get that we didn't necessarily see last year? And kind of the same thing is true for Ben Hart. Like that was, I was kind of wondering, all right, so how's this going to shake out? You, you know that Prohaska is going to be your left tackle as, as long as he's healthy. What happens at that right spot? Because when they plug uh, Teddy into that line, Turner went to right tackle and Ben Hart got benched. So I was wondering, is that somewhere they were going to go? Um, were they going to give Corcoran the first crack at right tackle and have them compete with Ben Hart? And, and then you had the Noelle thing when they found out about it. So that gives you another hole at guard. And so it kind of makes sense to slide Corcoran in there and give him a shot, see if he kind of fits a little bit better on the in- interior of the line than, than on the edge. But that rely, that, or that um, to be able to do that, you need Ben Hart to be able to survive much better than did last year. So it's in – even with Trent Hicks in that center, he's a guy that had a starting uh, job at one point that got beat out by other guys. Um, is now that he's heading into his sixth year and playing the center spot, is he going to be a better player than he was the last time we saw him? So there's a lot of guys there that we've seen play football before that they need to be much better in in year uh, two, which is why the Royola hire is so important and so impactful for this season. Jacob Badillo is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And J- Jacob, Yesterday, Donovan Rell was asked about that move of Corcoran uh, back to left guard, and he said, well, we don't even know if that's where he's, he's going to be next week. But I, I think that's just a, an effort by the coaching staff to keep their cards close to their chest. So with that in mind, do you think we're going to get a two deep before the game next week? I, I, I'm assuming that they'll put it something out on Sunday, even if it includes a, a lot of oars. 
I mean, Frost has already said um, who the starting quarterback is going to be. Um, I think Brian Appleway t- said like it wasn't necessarily going to be like a game time decision for that starting running back spot. Like the coaches were going to sit down and discuss that and kind of see where it takes them. Um, but that's an easy spot where you can see three oars or whatever in, in that spot. Um, it would it shock me if we don't get anything. Uh, no, but I mean that that Monday, typically the Monday before. They've got the, the the two deep out there. They've got the depth chart that they include in the game notes. Um, so if we're going to get it, I, I'm assuming it'll be uh, on that Sunday uh, or on this, this coming Sunday. But if we don't get it by that point, then, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if uh, you find the, the, the depth chart there with your game notes before the game over there in Ireland, and that's the first we see of it. So um, w- w- between black shirts, captains, potentially the, the depth chart, Hopefully there's a lot of news on Sunday that we're able to learn a lot. Um, but again, with this staff and with everything online, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of, again, drag it out as long as possible. Jacob, what, what are you asking? I'm going to ask you to be Mark Whipple for a moment and keep your shoes on. What are you asking Casey from Casey Thompson this year? That's a really interesting thing. And I was discussing this with Connor Happer, um, here earlier um like there's been a lot of talk about like oh if if casey thompson is just a game manager if he's a guy that kind of keeps the offense moving as opposed to like an adrian martinez who like had to make the whole offense go uh is that good enough can nebraska get by that my question for that is is that the type of quarterback casey thompson actually is um because you look back last year with his game logs at texas like he was way up and down. He had some absolutely monster games, and then he had some games where he really struggled. And I think that's part of the reason why. I mean, obviously they've got they named Quinn Ewers today uh, the starter today, and they had uh, some talented guys in the program. But um, that might be part of the reason why he didn't have that job locked up down there uh, in Austin. Um, so that I, I think obviously they're not going to ask him to run as much, and that in itself if they can supplement that, if they can replace that quarterback run game with something else that I think that would help the offense just in terms of keeping your quarterback healthy, keeping the guy out there, give him a better shot, limiting turnovers a little bit more where um, maybe not as many fumbles where you don't have the quarterback handling the ball as much, maybe not as much of the, the read situation where you can have um, some mistakes there um, in the mesh point um, that can go a long way, but uh Ultimately, they need him. They need him to stay on schedule, and he's going to have to make a few plays here and there. But for the most part, we talked about that game manager thing. Like, can you make the throws that Mark Whipple is asking you to make? Kind of the the bread and butter plays within this offense. And I mean, I I'm not a guy that studies uh, Pittsburgh tape that knows all their their pet plays and everything that they want to try to do. And we have no idea how much of that is Whipple versus Kenny Pickett being the quarterback. So we're going to have to learn as this thing goes, all right, what does the Mark Whipple, Scott Frost, Nebraska, Casey Thompson offense actually look like? So I think that the answer to your question is they're going to have to figure that out as they go. And largely is it going to depend on what parts of the offense work and which parts are they actually able to execute? Because I think the the problem the last few years, it wasn't that they went in wanting the quarterback to do everything and wanting to be such a run-heavy quarterback attack. They just couldn't sustain success in other areas. So they had to fall back on what kind of worked. And that was the quarterback run game. 
Um, and Martinez going out there and making those plays. So I think they want to try to stay away from that this year. But, I mean, we've, what we've seen with Whipple, the quarterback is going to drive this thing. He's going to be the, the guy kind of running this offense. And um, so we'll see kind of in terms of run-pass split. It's, it seems like maybe the, the offensive line is probably ahead in run blocking compared to pass blocking. Mm-hmm. So how does that factor in? So I, I honestly I have no idea what, what this offense is going to look like at this point. There's so many different factors that are kind of going against each other, but um, that could lead us one way or another, depending on which of these things kind of click. Jacob, real quick, about 90 seconds, bud. Uh, we're out here off Giles at the Hale Varsity Club. You are headed off to Burke. Thoughts on tonight's matchup here between Prep and uh, the T-Birds. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Creighton Prep bringing back their entire offensive line, and some of those guys play two ways there, so you know they're going to be strong in the trenches with Sharmar Brown, uh, the North Dakota State commit, one of the best backs in the state, um, running behind Sam Sledge and company up there. Uh, so Bellevue West is going to be tested in the trenches. They're going to have to find a way to, 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 to win there, uh, to hold up on the defensive line. And you've got the quarterback battle. Daniel Kalen finally stepping in as the full-time starter after splitting time last year for Bellevue West. And Dee Donaldson, Prep's starting quarterback, transferred from Bellevue West last year. And so his first start is going to be against his former school. So, um, And then obviously we know all the, the weapons that Kalen has at, at his disposal with the Davon Hall and Kyrell Jordan and a lot of those other guys. So it's going to be fun kind of testing different strength versus the other. You've got the quarterback battle. Uh, I think it's a really, really fun game to start the season. Well, would you say it's we, fair? It's fair to say this Bellevue West team is the younger uh, team with maybe a little bit more potential, whereas this Creighton Prep team might be a little more proven right now. Yeah, I, I think just w- with some of the upperclassmen again starting in the trenches. Uh, that's that's how you win in football, and we know that uh, that Creighton Prep is ahead in that area. But you've got all those weapons. You got and guys that have played. Uh, Kalen split time last year. You had the wide receivers that both started. Uh, played quite a bit for them last year. So um, I, I think uh, West is going to have to figure out, all right, how's that run game going to replace LJ Richardson? How are the lines going to hold up? Because uh, they have to replace some pieces there. But um, they definitely have the potential to get better and better throughout the season. Jacob Adilla, follow him on Twitter at Jacob Adilla underscore. He'll be out at uh, Bell West and prep tonight. And, of course, plenty of thoughts on uh, Nebraska's media session Sunday. Jacob, thanks for the time. Thanks for squeezing us in, bud. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. There he is. Jacob Adilla with us. A sit down with Coach Huffman, Bell West. That's on the way with Hale Varsity. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! to it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow Friday. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Uh, we're snuck in between the Embassy Suites and Cabela's. No sneaking up on football season as Week Zero is here. High school action here in the Metro. 
as uh, we welcome in Bellevue West head coach Mike Huffman. Coach, great to spend a few minutes with you. What a ball game tonight. But let me ask you, how's the summer been? How are the kids feeling about kickoff tonight? Well, we're just really excited. You know, when you're a senior-dominant team in 21, that means 22, some new kids are going to have to step up. And, you know, as a coaching staff, we're super juiced to see who are, who are the next batch of playmakers in purple, who they're going to be, what linemen are going to, you know, really have to get out of their comfort zone because, man, prep has some straight behemoths up front, <laughs> man. I think I want to know what they're serving in that prep lunch line to get those kids that big so I can get it down here at West. Uh, but we're excited. The summer was weird, man, with the zero and – I'm a little old school where I believe that the, the families and kids should get to spend some time with each other in the summer. So we always did the 4th of July week off. We always do the week off before the first of the season. So it really threw our football stuff all the way back into June. And that was strange. So, uh, but hey, it's come and gone and it's game night. And what a great matchup for the first week. Yeah, all of Nebraska is going to be keeping an eye or an ear on, on this kickoff and, Coach Huffman, you, you mentioned the the experience, the leadership a year ago with your team. A wonderful season, ten and two. Uh, you guys are wanting more this season. Tell me about the the pay it forward part of your program and how the upperclassmen have uh, made sure the guys that are supposed to step up now know what to do. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting you bring that up, Chris. Like when I let some seniors talk yesterday, and they talked about that. You know, we, we have a lot of young kids playing. We have a handful of new faces uh, that came to us. And one of the most important things is they understand the way we do things. And there, there, is a, there is a blueprint, and it's obviously worked pretty well over the course of the last decade, and they have to fit into that. You know, attendance isn't optional with any of our stuff. Even though, according to the NSAA, it's optional, go ahead and not show up. Okay, then someone's going to beat you out. You know, you have to run all your, you know, we're lucky enough. We have this huddle focus like all stadiums do now, but we've had it for a while. We, we video every part of practice. Go ahead and loaf and practice. We're going to see it. Okay, so they, they're always on each other about going full speed. And, you know, I learned this from Larry Martin a long time ago, man. If you're not practicing good on good, then Friday nights are going to be really hard. They're already hard. But if you only go against the scout team all the time, your kids aren't going to be ready. You know, so some of our new kids and some of our young kids had to learn that. You know, you're not going against the scrubs on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You're going against the guys that are going to go out there for the first snaps on Friday. So I'm pumped to see how our first guys handle the preps first guys. And, you know, and hopefully we've done a good job. You know, the, the proof will be on tape tonight. So I'm excited to see it. Kickoff happening, Creighton Prep, Bell West, uh, big showdown, week zero in the Metro, Hale Varsity Radio on the road here at the Hale Varsity Club. Coach Huffman of Bell West joining us. Let's talk about confidence. Uh, you, you have talent, you, you have some depth, but it's just kind of unproven, or at least on this stage at this moment. Uh, how, how have you been able to continue to instill confidence in your kids uh, and uh, – and, and, and make sure they're ready for tonight uh, when, when it comes to having their number called. Well, this, this group of skill kids, it, it might be the best we've had. Now, people will, well, well, wait, you've had all these other kids. Yes, but as a whole, we have five receivers that we feel very, very good about. Now, my best receiver is this young man named Kyrell Jordan. He's number 11. He's only 5'8". If he was six foot, even if he was 5'11", he'd be going wherever he wanted to. You know, so he might not have some of the recruiting interests that others have had, but he is special. 
Uh, Davon Hall, everybody knows about. He's he's continuing to get better. Danny Kalen's been on the stage. He just, you know, he ultimately didn't end up starting because he wasn't mobile enough, in my opinion. Well, he's worked on that. He, he looked, you won't even recognize him tonight. He's a whole different kid. But the place where in our defensive backfield is just so long and fast, They're, and our coaches have done a wonderful job. What I really want to see, Chris, is I want to see these linemen. We started – we play 4D linemen. All five that played last year were seniors, so every one of these kids is new. Now, they looked apart. They're big. They're fast. They're strong. But they are playing against the best line in the state of Nebraska with Creighton Prep tonight. So how are they going to hold up when, when Sledge pancakes one of them? Because it's going to happen because they've got some good players. They're going to win some downs, and we're going to win some downs. How are they going to respond? Our O-line is going to look like a bunch of midgets out there compared to them. But, man, these kids give us everything they got. And they, you know, if they have a bad play, they got to be able to bounce back. You know, the bad plays can't multiply. And the thing is, with our skill kids, Chris, I mean, most coaches say this, but I truly believe it. Every one of our skill kids can t- can score every time they touch the ball. They're that fast. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. There's a I have not had this many question marks since 2014. The difference is our skill talent is better than it was in 14. Okay, so we'll see how that plays out against prep skill kids. And our linemen got to just stay in the way long enough, and our D-line's got to eat up some blocks so our linebackers and safeties can run. Coach Huffman's with us, previewing tonight, Prep and Bell West, Hale Varsity Radio. Let's spend a minute on on Daniel, his mobility, uh, the the looks he's getting. And your program has seen so many high-profile head coaches come through your doors and, and talk to your athletes about the next level of football. How's, uh, how's Daniel stack up and how does he, uh, you know, what's unique about his personality? What, what do you like? Well, the first thing that jumps out right away, and, and I heard him do an interview a couple of days ago and I hadn't even thought about this. He is, he's really enjoying, you know, cause he split time. You know, and then ultimately I end up playing Luke. And so he wasn't really being able to be a true leader when you're not the starter. And I hadn't thought of it like that. And he's like, he loves the fact that he's the guy. And you see him getting after the receivers, getting the linemen to hurry up to get set. If we have a bad play, he's, you know, he's one, he's just a positive. Like some people in life are positive at their soul. Mm -hmm. He is positive at his soul. So that's really good for a quarterback. A quick story on Daniel. So, you know, I was visiting with him and his mom at the end of last season. I don't know if it was a basketball game or something. I don't even know what it was. Like, hey, what do we really need to work on? I go, I don't care if you even touch a football this offseason. I need you to work on your mobility because ultimately I started Johansson because if a play would break down, he would get us three yards and it would be second and seven instead of second and 13. And he took that to heart. He went out, you know, he did all of our stuff here at uh, Bellevue West and he went out to Marsh. Bronson Marsh runs a, some sort of weightlifting program, and he went and did that. In, and we actually have some run game for him. Now, his butt needs to make one guy miss and get down or get out of bounds. Like, I will be sprinting out there, headbutting him in a, in a helmet if he's trying to break tackles and fight for it. They say, I don't want Eric Crouch out there, but I need a little bit of mobility. He's not quite dual threat, but he's no longer a dump truck. Pretty excited for him tonight. <laughs> Coach Huffman's with us. Bellevue West, Creighton Prep, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, you, you touched on your linebacking core. Bullion, uh, of course, Nichols and Jacob Meyer uh, are, are some names that fans know about. But that back seven, we, we've heard that the D-line's inexperienced but, but talented. Uh, tell me about the back seven. What can they do tonight? What do they need to do tonight? 
Well, first, I got some heartbreaking news, you know, and football is cruel. Caleb Jacob Meyer is probably the hardest working football kid on our football team. I mean, you would not find a kid that's worked harder last the last nine months. He had a non-contact injury last week. I'm sorry to so hear that. He's in, I know, but luckily he got good news. It's not a season ender, but he's going to be out about the first month. Okay. You know, so another, but another senior, Nate Hudek, will step up. Nate's had plenty of snaps in the last two years. Uh, now he's going to have to move from middle to outside because Bullions came in and kind of solidified that inside linebacker spot. Alex Nichols is a captain, does everything right. Just, just he's he's really good on the edge. Now our safeties, these are guys that can't wait for people to see. So number sixteen, Donovan Whitfield, was really really good in pass coverage last year. But man, that dude couldn't hit his way out of a wet paper bag, and he has taken that to heart. And he is all over the place, and he is hitting. And he's going to have to because Marty Brown's as good as it gets around here. They're running back for prep. And then Asher Jenkins, the other safety, you know, he's the kid that he ran a 50-second 400 at the state track meet as a sophomore, got a silver medal. He runs a 10-9-100. He's 6-1. He's the older, he's the younger brother of our defensive tackle from last year, uh, Arden Jenkins. Mm-hmm. He just got all the height in the family. You know, <laughs> so he's going to be coming downhill. Our, DB, our DBs, our corners, we're actually going to take Isaiah McMorris and Kyrell Jordan. They'll flip around and play both. they got to play some Iron Man tonight. Now, we have a couple kids that we think can spell them on defense, uh, but it's they're going to be quick. Man, if Danny throws a ball late in practice or, or uh, maybe puts too much air on it, these dudes are so fast and so long, they knock it down. You know, so uh, if our D-line and linebackers can hold that box in and then our safeties are going to be rolling down some, and we can stop that run game. I'm going to feel good about it tonight. We'll know in a hurry if it's working. Coach Huffman's with us. Bellevue West Creighton Prep tonight. Week zero kickoff in the Metro. Last thought, uh, your take on Prep and just uh, their program and uh, I guess what what you need to take away this evening or try to do so. You know, when, when Nate Newhouse from the NSAA called us, you know, the schedules were released on Monday or Wednesday. He calls us on Monday and said, hey, you only got eight games. But here are the five other teams that don't have a have a game, mm-hmm. and Prep was one of them. I ran down the ADS at Call Prep because I'm from Omaha, and Creighton Prep is synonymous with great football. I'm the I you know when I first got this job at Bellevue West, one of my first stops was Gross High School to talk with Coach Yonk, okay, about how to org- how he was organizing his staff and things like that. So I have the utmost of respect. Uh, coach Monson, their defensive coordinator, comes from South Dakota. You know, he's a Division One football coach. And you can see it on the field that the stuff that they're trying to do schematically is way different than most high schools. So we spent a lot of time looking at the tips and cues that will tell us what they're doing. And, man, how do you not talk about prep and not talk about that offensive line and Marty Brown? Yeah. That's really what it's going to come down to, Chris. we got to slow them down. We're not going to stop them, but we got to get some stops. You know, we got to get three or four stops throughout the game, and I'll, be, I'll feel good about what's going on. Coach Huffman with us. Coach, thanks for taking time. Best of luck to you guys. Should be an incredible atmosphere and uh, season kickoff here for 2022. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Chris. Can't wait. There he is, Coach Huffman, Bell West, super talented. They're at Burke tonight against uh, Creighton Prep. We are big fans of Coach Yonk, uh, incredible uh, head coach and prep, uh, just a big-time program. And we love Moose, man. We we know Moose. We love Moose, incredible defensive coordinator, was a great GA at Nebraska, was a great G, uh, defensive coordinator at South Dakota. So this is going to be uh, the, the mother of all kickoffs to the season. And if you're a football fan, 
you'll be there or you'll be eyeing it, but it is uh, Bell West and Creighton Prep, Coach Yonk. Uh, and uh, and prep, uh, they are they are dynamite. They are a lot of fun. Big thanks to Coach Huffman for his time and uh, spending a, a few minutes with us here as things get ready to roll out at Burke. Elijah Herbel's back down in Lincoln. Chris Schmidt with you as uh, we're here at the Hale Varsity Club. We're just off of uh, the interstate, off of Giles between Cabela's and Embassy Suites. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. Plenty to get to in the email bag. Chris at HaleVarsity.com can always email the show. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club here in La Vista between Cabela's and Embassy Suites. Big thanks to Coach Huffman and Jacob Padilla this hour. Mitch Sherman on site with us for a lot of hour one. We'll hear from Coach Frost and the team on Sunday with the media session pre-Ireland. We'll be in studio the next couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, and then we are off and rolling to take a shot, Ireland, on Wednesday. A week from today, we will be broadcasting live from Ireland Saturday at the Mary Cobbler. And uh, Elijah is the one who came up with it. If Schmidt says he's going to Ireland, you got to take a shot. And it's it's Friday, so don't don't be scared. Todd emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. It's been puke gate today, as you can imagine, with the amount of national media that has reacted to Scott Frost's comments on social media. The full context, you see the video of it. There's a bit of a grin from Scott. It's hyperbole, but Mitch laid out uh, the national media thoughts. I, I look at it and go, I'm just, I'm not worried about it. He's not. Elijah, he's not torturing his offensive line. No. <laughs> he's not letting Ryola torture the offensive line. I mean, do, do you th- if, if he was legitimate with his 15 to 20 pukes per practice, you really think there wouldn't be... You're not be getting a, anything done. You, you really don't think there'd be a single guy entering the transfer portal? You don't think there'd be guys out there in the, uh, in the team going... Yeah, man, that offensive line, like, they're, they're getting better, but their condition still needs a little bit of work. Somebody Bro- would have said something. Brother, you're, you're, uh, you're now in that realm to be able to to call this gen, this next gen. You're not much older than them, but you're out of college, okay? So you are now allowed to call this next generation soft like us old bastards, okay? I mean, there's guys in that room that are the same age as me. No, I know. I know. <laughs> and you're not doing that. I'm joking. But Todd emails in. That's the first time I heard it, and I didn't sense any hyperbole, which I know to be an exaggeration of an actual event, but he sounded serious to me. Uh, Todd, thanks for the email. Todd, you're not a Frost fan. I, I 
I think it, from a tone standpoint, it's different between what you hear and what you see. And what you see is different from what you hear, yeah, I guess. I- because it was a video stream with the coaches. Yeah, I encourage anyone who hasn't gone to go, go check out the video stream. And I'm going to play this one more time. You, Please. You, you're going to hear this. And there's a big old pause before he says 15 to 20. It's because when you watch the video stream, he cracks a big old smile before he says this. Right. I, I laugh with the guys because there's about probably 15 to 20 vomits every day from <laughs> offensive linemen. And it isn't because they're not. It's not because they're not in shape. Like, you hear the he big just pause? The, he just wanted to freak people out. You know what? Go run with this, have fun, spend your energy, and uh, overreact. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's tiresome with it. Uh, I know we're talking about it. We got to forgive me. But Matt emails in Chris at AleVarsity.com when it comes to puke. What better way to get uh, into all of the opponent's heads than to make them all think our guys are outworking the, their guys to the tune of 15 to 20 pukes per practice. I go back to the Elijah Herbal story, and uh, your, your teammate at Southeast Gerald played Foster, for Nebraska, yeah. Gerald Foster, ralphing on somebody and then pancaking him. It's not only did you puke on the guy, then you fell on him after uh, you had the puke breath going on. So, <laughs> hey, are you, are you willing to be as nasty as the guy lined up across from you? You know what happens if, if I see, if I'm like lined up at, at, at tackle and I look up and I see a linebacker puke before the play and then go make a tackle, I'll go, man, I don't want to mess with that dude the rest of the game. No, he just he's, puked he's on the field. Right. He's clearly feeling terrible and he's still good enough to go and make a tackle. Like a little bit of intimidation factor there. And I, I, I personally don't think that Scott is trying to intimidate anyone in the Big Ten or any opponents with this conversation because he's trying it, to it, pump up his O line higher. Yeah, this, this, comment was not supposed to make it any further than to you me and to husker fans like he wasn't expecting this huskers uh sports nightly radio appearance to make it any further than that it's not like he was going out there trying to get five thousand retweets on this little quote he had to get it out there to everyone this is just him saying like yeah they've been working really hard i'm gonna make an exaggerated claim here and just say like i've saw a few guys puking and something i said on the line change was this would be interpreted completely different if you were to said yeah, man, Donnie's got those guys working hard. I mean, those alignment are puking left and right. Say it like that, and, and you get that hyperbole more than if you put a specific number on it. And that's where the, the confusion and the, the almost the anger has come from, is that people hear 15 to 20. When you hear someone put a specific number on something, it's like he's sitting in the corner with like a, a, a chalkboard and a, a piece of chalk tallying up how many pukes he's seeing, which it, it's not that case at all. I'm sure he saw a couple guys puke early in practice, and uh, from a... Uh, uh, you know, a football guy point of view, you see a guy puke at practice, and if it becomes a repeated issue, obviously you're going to take note and say, all right, this guy's got something to work on. But if you see a guy puke, it, it makes that classic football guy in you smile a little bit and go, that guy's working hard. As long as it yeah. doesn't become a problem throughout all of fall camp into games and whatnot. If you just see one guy puke, you go, that's a football guy. Here's the thing. Uh, make no mistake that, that Frost and, and Greg Austin were ready to, to be done with one another. And the amount of insinuation and direct talk about how hard they're working, what type of style he wanted, whether you call it blaming or he's just being honest, there, there's, no, there's no doubt that this is also aimed at Greg Austin. That's my read on it because I wanted a certain style of offensive lineman. And, you know, the offensive lineman was garbage last year protecting their, their quarterback. But you also got three three guys in the league that, that have a, a really 
kick butt living wage. Okay, Hymas is doing well. Farniok still got a spot, and 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 Cam Jurgens is the talk of for sure the NFC East. I mean, he's kicking kicking it and doing great. I mean, they love him. They the, the NFL analysts love him. So doing something right. The, the it's mentality though. Can you have a different mentality? And I think. Uh, the mentality part is is way different. The personality part's way different. Elijah, you know this from Riola and uh, and Austin. And to be honest, I mean, you need guys that are that are going to be ready to, to to punch you out versus be uh, be hesitant. And 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 the offensive line has got to be Big Ten nasty. And, and they just haven't been. It's not all been on Greg. I don't think he's a bad coach at all. But the performance has not been what it's needed to be. And Raiola was – and I like him. I like Raiola. I think he'll do okay. All right? I'm not, I'm not saying it, it, it can't work or won't work. I just know that, that he's the hire of the rest of the coaches that doesn't have the resume. So he's got something to prove, and Scott's trying to pump him up. Shmitty, I will say before we get out of here this segment – how much will the narrative change among Nebraska media, among Nebraskans, if we get like a whole bunch of slow-mo videos during the game next week of O-linemen puking in trash cans on the sideline and puking on the field? Then, then my concern level goes to a 9 or a 10, but right now it, it, it's at a 1. You know, when Nebraska gets back from Ireland and it's tunnel walk time, I want to see the, the scene of lard-ass from Stand By Me. <laughs> I, want to see that, I want to see that pie-eating contest just as, a, just as a tribute, right? You run for 300 yards and about 40 points on Northwestern in Ireland. You puke away, my friend. You puke away. We'll wind down a Friday on the road here at Hale Varsity Club. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, you're invited out. Sometime you're heading to high school football this fall. The Hail Varsity Club is... Not far from where you're going to be, whether it's Millard South or Burke or downtown Omaha, your stop for Friday night football here at the Hale Varsity Club, just off Giles between Cabela's, and uh, we are in between Cabela's, and we're in between Embassy Suites, so come see us. We'll be here for some road Fridays, home football Fridays. We're down with our friends at the Single Barrel, excited for that. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Coach Frost will meet the media again. He'll do so Sunday. And let's hear from Frost. What's the, the word on the black shirts? What's Coach say about that? When's that going to happen? I think we're going to do it before uh, this Saturday. Talked to Coach Chenander about it today, and he's in charge of that. Um, gets me to sign off on it. But we're going to start out with a lower number. Number. I don't think he feels like anybody who hasn't played yet deserves one. Um, and if they if they do what they're supposed to do early in the year, I'm sure there'll be more coming. But uh, I think the first wave will be announced on Saturday. Makes sense. You haven't started or been here long. You, you get a black shirt in front of some guys that have been here for a while. That might rub some folks wrong. You, you look at Casey Rogers. I think that's you can read into the fact he never got one. 
and he tried to get through some injury, and he played well when he was when he was doing snaps. That that probably is you could read into one of the reasons he he bolted. Listen, can you can you hold back a black shirt for for O'Shawn and Tommy Hill, but yet still elect a captain in Casey Thompson, who's not been here, or or does it matter to you, Elijah? Are you reading? Am I reading too much into it? I, I your quarterback's got to be an option for a captain, or you better have a, a guy like Cam Jurgens on the line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary to get one of those offensive linemen to be like you don't want to force a guy into a role if he's not a team leader like on one hand yeah if you have an offensive lineman that's rah-rah and that's not the best way to put it but you get what i'm saying a guy that it really has the the hearts and minds of the team a guy who has won over the hearts and minds of the team even if he's not your best offensive lineman i do think there's a, a factor to having one of those guys be your team captain but team captain for the most part more of an honorary role than anything. If your only leaders on a team are the four guys who are elected captain, you're going to have some issues. You need leaders all over the field. And uh, while it would be a great honor for an offense lineman to receive a team captain, I think it should go to the, the four guys that really are the, the heart and soul of the team. And uh, if you have a defensive lineman like Garrett Nelson, I think it works just the same. Or, or Travis Vogel, like a guy who's lined up next to the offensive line the whole game. Again, it's going, to work, it's going to work just the same. But you don't want to elevate a guy just to elevate a guy. Well, and, and here's my thing with Turner. I mean, Turner's vocal, and guys like Turner, and Turner's a high-profile guy, but he's got, he's got to play better football to, to be a captain. Or do you think he's got enough respect in the room where they're, they're expecting big things? Um, time will tell with that, and uh, I think Turner will have a big year uh, now that he's uh, healthy and uh, could be at that guard spot. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. Chris Schmidt here at the Hale Varsity Club. We say fare thee well. Enjoy high school football tonight, week zero here in the Metro. Back tomorrow locally in Lincoln, 7 to 9 for the weekend edition. And we'll get you geared up for game week next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity Radio.